All right, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast, episode 93. With me now is Shannon and Roy. Good evening. Hello. Oh, and that's Shannon. I'm Roy. This is Shannon. And uh, well, the, so the Shannon and Roy are in Michigan. And in Adam is in count? Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, have, yeah. Wow. Th- there's a lot of pressure uh, for me to move to Michigan to make things easier, but I don't know. I think it'd be too cold. Oh, for me, honestly, I do. Yeah, it's it was like 80 today. I mean, what is it? Ah. I'm sorry. It was pretty pleasant here today. It was, you know, it was a cool maybe 65, 68, yeah, 69 I was, even. I was out for a couple hours in the woods. So it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, of course, you know, I think uh, this coming weekend, it'll be like a high of like 30 something. So yeah, whatever. Anyway. Okay. Well, and you've had you, your somewhat uh, experience with snow just in kind of in smaller quantities, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, that would be that, you know, global warming they talk about. No, climate change they talked about when it was uh, that snow blizzard thing hit mississippi and almost killed us i gotta say man that was mm-hmm. shit. that shit was so weird so very very <laughs> weird to be like okay we can't leave i believe you, you know? sent out a uh you sent out a text message that said said uh send send food and whiskey something yes, like that yeah, yeah uh send bread and milk <laughs> of course and also whiskey yeah oh uh, yeah 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 it was, Something. It's supposed to be cold this winter too, so I don't know. We'll see. I'll be glad when it gets here, because damn it, yeah, it's hot now currently. Oh, I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. So. You said it was 80 this today. Yeah. That's that's how that's, we do. That's pretty toasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So. Um, you know. Yeah. I was just gonna say I really like gin, and I just I don't know what it is about gin, but like. And I've tweeted about this before. Like, it's sneaky. Like, it's not like I'm going to throw up sneaky. It's kind of like I'm going to whisper the secrets of the universe to you, kind of of sneaky. So. Try to go uh, steal the Declaration of Independence? Yeah, it's it's, it's that sort of thing. It's Popeye, you know, Popeye has his spinach. I have my gin. It it whispers to me. Okay. I could see that. Uh, Look, it reminds me... (laughs) We actually, okay, we don't have a lot of um, distilleries in Mississippi, but we have one that does Mm -hmm. uh, a good gin. I'll have to look it up and see what you think, and then possibly illegally ship you some, you know. Oh, all right. Because remember when you go. Well, and gin is, sorry, go ahead. No, remember when you go to the post office, you know, they're like, do you have anything liquid, perishable, or what was it? Oh, there's a Perfect. pretty long list of things that so they want to know. Although you can ship live chickens. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, you could ship anything. You just have to tell them. Like, I'm shipping this newborn baby. And they're like, all right, well, you have to sign here, there, and that'll be this much money. Yeah. Well, that was a thing up to so 100 years ago. Anyway. Go to the, you could, well, you could ship uh, uh, children, right, at one right. point? Yeah. yeah. So I went to the post office recently. There was a dude in front of me that wanted to ship four pounds of of sausage to Florida, and he wanted to pack it in. He had it packed in dry ice, and they're like, 
that can't go on a plane. It has to go by truck. So this dude spent, uh, I don't, I don't know, a hell of a lot of money to to ship four pounds of sausage in dry ice to, I don't know, Saint My or Fort Myers Beach or something. So uh, yeah, as long as you, uh, if you don't declare it, you can just you know send it, and you know you may end up uh, being convicted of a felony later on. But you know whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, whatever, you know, just, yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, that, okay, I will say that is really, really weird. I guess it's because the dry ice, if it hit, yeah. is it? it explodes. Right, yeah. it's constantly so, evaporating, so it's constantly expanding. Okay, so prob- probably don't want that in your plane, you know, and yeah, so. But anyway, all right. No, not so much. So, yeah, uh, we have a Patreon, and I'll have it linked in the show notes. Uh, I am have been diligently working on the YouTube studio. Uh, I, I have been, um, what do you call it, staining, staining shelves. And, yeah, Roy, I, I moved, and, like, I got tennis elbow in, like, both uh, elbows, and it, it had done better. It was doing better, and then I decided to got this stain. I got excited, and I did a whole large shelf. And then I woke up the next day, and my arms didn't work. Ooh. So yeah, <laughs> okay, it's it's bad. But Roy, oh my God, I bought a specific um brush for staining, and it it's like one of those day. foam ones. Well, okay, this yeah. it, this was it's a brush, but it's like super thick. And wide and oh okay, yeah. my gosh, it stains like there's no tomorrow. So yeah. Oh, all right. So here on okay. chance of wood, chance of woodworking, we're glad you're joining <laughs> us here. But uh, okay, uh, this week I'm getting uh, the ceiling done so I can hang lights, cameras, and I'm having the big monitor installed. And hell, I really, really hope to have something recorded. By this weekend, and of course you'll see that on Patreon first. So there you go. I think you could sponsor this podcast. I it's like three dollars. That's all it is. It's like three bucks a month. Okay. So you know, for just pennies a day, you can support a podcaster making for the price of 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 an expensive cup of coffee. Or I swear nowadays I think it's a cheap cup of coffee. Yeah, oh, all right. Yeah, three dollars. Yeah, I don't know. Can you get light rail? Uh, anyway, so oh, okay, so that's just what I've got and where we are. Uh, I've got Siege of Vicksburg, still working on that. Annoyed that the casino won't call me back. Uh, I don't think I did anything wrong, but you know. I'm sorry. sorry, what are the sa- dates for Siege of Vicksburg? I don't have them yet. That's the thing, is I won't. Oh, to, okay, for the, they, for the they coming. Okay, yep. Yeah, they won't call me back. So we can set this up. Oh. And I'm annoyed. Okay. So I. Do you think the casino won't call you back because it's called chance of gaming now oh oh my god oh that's a very very good point guys um Um, my my employer has this website blocked and i think it's because it's the word gaming i forgot to tell you guys this (laughs) i you know i had siege of vicksburg in a casino and during setup and during the convention not only did the general manager of the casino come in and look around uh an actual mississippi gaming uh commission agent dropped in <laughs> nice yeah 
I was, because, you know, I'm like, at this point, I'm kind of offended. I'm like, what the fuck? I, did you think I'm running, like, an illegal blackjack game at a casino? I mean. <laughs> On the main floor? <laughs> you know, it's, it's li- yeah, literally just upstairs. You know, oh, that's where the real action is. <laughs> so he looks around and is like, oh, it's just a bunch of goddamn nerds. I'm good. Yeah, that's it. It's like, I'm sure they call back. No, uh, uh, dispatch, no, they're they're just nerds. It's, there's nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it was so dumb. I was like, because, and then, yeah, I never thought about that until, like, yeah, I've got my chance gaming, like, you know, uh, posters and stuff up. And I bet they were like, hmm. I, I, I imagine there were like, mul- I just imagine there were like multiple meetings. They're like, no, nobody's that stupid, right? But wait, wait, maybe they're, maybe they think we think that. And then that makes them smart. I don't know. I don't know. This mm-hmm. guy looks like George Clooney. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so you know, we were traveling and we we stopped at a hotel in uh, Central Illinois, and we look out the window and we look across the street and there's a little sign that says video gaming. I'm like, cool. There's a video arcade across the street. We can go play and you know like play like asteroids or anything. Oh hell no. It's you know it's blackjack and shit. Like I'm not interested in that. I want to I want to play Frogger. So I was <laughs> I was really bummed out by that. Video poker, I guess, right? Yeah, it was. That's what yeah. it was. Uh, that's that is really big at truck stops, seemingly all across the U.S. for whatever reason. Yep. I feel like I'd I'd make more money if I had a Frogger machine in there, but I don't know. I could just like, what if you did both? What if it was like Frogger, but you could win money? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, continuing on in the uh, the actual show, I think, what, is this Super Tuesday? Yes, oh. it is. As no, we, Super Tuesday's uh, primaries. So it's not, I thought oh, this was well, like yeah. the, I thought this, this is like general. The, okay. It's a Tuesday where we vote. It is a Tuesday when we vote. It's the general election. Yes. Yeah. A mediocre Tuesday, you're saying, not super. <laughs> An average Tuesday. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, do you guys have a plan to vote? Uh, like, what's your what's your voting plan? My my voting plan is a week and a half ago to drop uh, my ballot in the box outside Township Hall. Oh, okay. You happen to see any uh, 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 poll watchers, maybe in camo clothes and carrying assault rifles? No, none of that. Nobody. Uh, there were a lot of so, people walking in and out of the Dollar General. Okay. I actually went to my uh, went to a neighboring township just to see if there was anybody there, you know, doing what they do, and I did yeah. not see that. So I was a little bit heartened by that. Um, I'm going to vote in person just because I like the spectacle of it, and it, I, I I never feel like more of a citizen than when I'm voting. That is so. True. That's that's I I really like to vote in person, so that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm going to have to pry my oldest child out of the house on election day. He is now registered to vote, but hasn't had the opportunity yet. Okay. Um, and he is uh, lackadaisical. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, uh, he, I asked my kid that lives with me, who is of voting age, what his plan is. He says, I guess I'll go before work. So I'm going to make sure that happens. Well, here in the great state of Mississippi, we are only allowed to uh vote in person and so yeah 
Uh, there were last, I think the last big presidential election there, it, it made national news. There were particular places in uh, the state where people waited in line six, seven, eight hours, you know, to vote. And because they, it, you know, it, it becomes a thing like I could shut, mm -hmm. if I shut down your polling places, you can't vote for your guy. So that's, you know, that they, it's that kind of dirtiness um, yeah. that gets played. Uh, for me, I leave kind of early. I you, usually at work by seven. And I think that's probably when they're going to open. So for me, I feel it'll probably have to be after work. So our polling place is open at six o'clock. So I think that my wife and I are going to go right when they open. They're opening at six this year? I am I Am I incorrect? I, uh that feels early i thought it was eight um okay. but like i say i vote absentee now uh, i'd have since okay. 2018 when i had to and mm -hmm. um it's nice okay that's yeah. I, I guess i gotta nail that down and make for sure i mean um, be there at six maybe bring a sandwich <laughs> yeah. same goes for you if you're gonna go after work be there by six and bring a sandwich right yeah yeah, my I don't know, that's, uh, that's trivia night, so I got to like vote and then go to trivia. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's my regular. Uh, How long did American democracy last? <laughs> that's your that's, regular what? That my regular RPG night, too. So, yeah, that's okay. what I'll do is go vote, which isn't very far from like where I live now. At uh, my last house I lived at, uh, the polling place was right at the front of the neighborhood in a, uh, I guess I could say, abandoned church. Um, oh my. But, okay. Well, it's uh, the know, best it, kind of church, in my opinion. It, it was it was a church that had closed and was for sale, but that has always been the um, the, the the place to to vote in my area, right? Uh -huh. In my district or whatever. So I guess they kept using it, you know, okay. even, though, even though it had closed. So yeah. Anyway. Hmm. All right. Awesome. Thought of something else, but uh, that was relevant to that. Now I can't remember it. Oh, well. Is this like a little <laughs> white clapboard church like in the Muppet movie? It's it's a, it was very small. And I remember it like it would have it has like a huge front lawn that everyone would just ruin by parking cars and driving through it and <laughs> stuff, you know, there. But mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So the nature of your church is down there in Jackson, like around here. If a church is big, it's really big. Uh, so, like, as far as mega churches go, um, I guess it kind of goes both ways. And we have some big ones, and we have some just kind of some country churches that are maybe dwindling. But the and so, like, if a church closes down around here, the people that are uh, attendants at that church tend to gravitate towards the bigger churches. So they kind of. I don't know. The smaller churches go away and the bigger churches just get bigger. Is that the same thing down in Jackson? Well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, for like for me, it uh, for for my experience, what I've seen, the church is in decline. You know, in everybody could tell you that not only from people just going, but also uh, I mean, it's it's a fact statistically, yeah. you know, it's it's in decline. And what it is more than anything, you find people the people that go tend to be more hardcore conservative so mm -hmm. you'll have these churches that maybe try to soften themselves up 
which causes people to leave and then they end up closing and but the people that still want to go and contribute and all this stuff are going to go to these bigger mega churches although down here mega churches are closing too it happens oh, really? okay uh yeah but you mentioned like the little country church we went to my uh girlfriend's church from when she was a kid today with her grandparents and that's what they were saying they were like it's just it's a shadow of what it once was you know but mm -hmm. i mean also i mean the thing down here in the south is you're you're born you know you raise kids but your kids can't find a job here so they have to move or maybe yeah. they don't they don't like the politics here that happens too and they want to leave. So a lot. I mean, golly, there was literally a church on every corner uh, in my hometown growing up. And now they're closing left and right. It's uh -huh. yeah, it's just interesting just as, as yeah. the way it is. But yeah. Anyway. Roy, yes, you sir. and I live in a in a part of the country, in a part of the state. Um, our county is like. Um, distilled christianity yes um it well just, i live in the i live just in keeps the getting town of betsy devos right um and and we all do i know that that uh, you've got a special claim to uh her home yacht but <laughs> but uh but we've all got branches of the of the extended yacht family all over the place mm -hmm. and in our mm -hmm. county um and uh we we personally experience um the most intense of what that perspective on american culture is yeah okay and uh, we it's the it's the ground we walk on and the fish we swim around and the water the fish swim in and the seaweed that the fish eat mm-hmm um, and then there's like, uh, you know, the six or seven people uh, like me who uh, who have to walk carefully. Otherwise, the fish will eat our toes. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, what's the majority uh, version of Christianity up there? When Christian I when reform I, or Dutch reform. See, when I think like uh, northern states, I always think uh, Catholicism. You know more than anything uh -huh. because it just does not have that big a presence down here okay <laughs> that's because uh, the plan ran them out yes uh, the, uh, so of it, yeah around here we are dutch reform which come kind of comes in two flavors there's the more liberal and i'm putting air quotes around liberal um uh reform uh church in america reform what is it reform christian the rca RCA, yes. Yeah. RCA is kind of the more liberal branch of the Dutch Reform, and then there's the Christian Reform Church, uh, which is kind of the more conservative. And they, um, so they're 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 from Holland, they're or they're from the Netherlands, um, very conservative. And they left, in fact, they left the Netherlands because they um, the Netherlands is becoming too liberal. So they came to this area and settled and um, what Calvinist is the is the term oh, I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're definitely so in of, the Calvinist tradition. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, very conservative. Um, 
it's a it's a Protestant um, denomination set. Um, it's a strong, strongly denominationalist um, organization. Um, if you're an RCA or a CRC church, uh, you are beholden to the national. Um, unlike a lot of what goes on in like um, Baptist communities, which have the convention, but are a little bit more congregationalist. And then, of course, the congregationalists are all just like, oh, we're going to open up a church um, and mm-hmm. it's going to be our congregation and we're going to do our thing. And we may or may not actually affiliate. Um, and there's there's some of that around here. And we've got, um, you know, we've got enough Catholics in the area that one of the major hospital um services chains in this area is now unified under the brand name trinity which is run by um catholics um do you feel that like the catholic church in this area is mostly populated by hispanics well uh, possibly in your area um even though we're in the same county um i who good lord uh where we live, where I live, the northern part of our county, is um, unbelievably white. Um, mm-hmm. And so, no, I would. <laughs> As I is Holland. Um, sure, but um, oh my goodness! Uh, so, our town up here has an annual Hispanic Heritage Fiesta that's about three years old now, and the point of uh, creating it was to point out to all the white people in the area that, in fact, there are Hispanics in our corner of the county, um, and they are um, an important, you know, not only are they important because they are human beings and they are important, but in fact, uh, they they hold positions um, of responsibility and um, economic clout in the community, mm-hmm. and uh, it's important to be aware of that um and up here we all very much want to be good people and 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 love our neighbors and be good about it and um but no you're walking down the street you're not going to see a lot of hispanic people you're going to see a lot of hispanic owned uh, taco places and they are fantastic Mm -hmm. um but then you go into the grocery store or it's weird it's very strange like where do they go? And and then uh, eight miles north of our town is one of the blackest communities in the state. Mm-hmm. And um, and my Aside community Detroit, is a bit of a side sundown town, right? You've got you've got um, Muskegon, you've got Flint, you've got Detroit, you've got Grand Rapids, Saginaw. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm not even sure how black. Kalamazoo is, to be honest. Um, but you know, Muskegon runs 85, 90% um, African American. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which which may make the difference in the redistricting. We're we're rebranding the podcast. There's a chance of politics. Sure. <laughs> uh so what have you guys been watching? Well, I watched an awful show called The Pentaveret. I've seen it, <laughs> but not watched it. It actually has some famous people in it. Well, it's got one famous person a lot of times uh, because it is a Mike Myers vehicle. Oh, 
Oh. And and saying okay. that tells you a lot of the things about that show. Um, it's a six-part miniseries on Netflix, and its premise is interesting, and its plot is interesting. Um, and its casting is Mike Myers, and its scripting is Mike Myers, and Shrek makes a cameo, and... <laughs> oh, you know, nice. it never really quite calmed it down. And if you like Mike Myers, then you're going to really love this show. And I laughed about twice across six episodes. Uh, oh. It was just, it's just not my show. Uh, but the so plot, you're saying your laugh per episode is at 33%? It's a, a, I laughed in a third of the, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and the plot is the Pentaveret is a secret society and they try to make the world better. And the uh, secondary plot is a TV investigative reporter out of Canada who um, is trying to save his job and so found a juicy story and is going to expose this secret society. And he ends up going to New York City and getting hired into the security team there. And um and uh, things things ensue, and it's a it's a secret society plot, and it's it's a pretty good plot. <laughs> um, and uh, and it was just not a great show. So for I'm, me, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with this, but my mind is irrationally enraged about the fact that it's called the Pentaveret, and it's a six episode miniseries. Oh. And they should call it. Should either call it the the Hexaverit or call it, or just pare it down to five episodes, which maybe is preferable, because <laughs> then you'd have to be, uh, you don't have to watch it five times. It would be, yeah, it would be, it would be one sixth <laughs> as as uh, awful. Um, yeah, well, they they wind up uh, dealing with the number six at the end. Okay. Okay. So, so maybe they they pulled their bacon out of the fire with that and my life is murder that's a great uh um, new zealand private detective murder show uh, it stars okay. lucy lawless they're in their third season uh the first season right. took place in australia and then the pandemic hit and so she decided she was going to move home to new zealand and so they just transferred the show to new zealand and kept rolling along with it and it's a you know it's a murder of the week show, and it's just uh, it's nice to watch uh, Lucy Lawless command the screen. Hmm. All right. Yeah, uh, cool. she. I was surprised to learn she is from New Zealand. The first time I ever heard her accent was uh, in the Battlestar Galactica remake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I just knew her from, you know, Xena. Where she was more she, or less American. I don't yeah, I don't remember Xena. Did she she had an American accent in there? Yep. Yep, she did. Okay. That's the first time right. I ever I had ever seen her. It's I think it's on Netflix now. I don't know if it holds up. Oh, is it back? Uh my children really enjoyed it and we only <laughs> got about uh two or two and a half seasons into it before it fell off Netflix a couple of years ago. So I, I enjoyed it, but I have there. not seen the last and i think a lot of people have that enjoyed it kind of are in the same boat that i am like it's great show until the last 
four episodes, and I have not seen the la- I have not seen the finale at all. Are you oh. talking Xena or Battle? No, Star Galactica? <laughs> uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yes, that, yeah, that, that is very true. Yeah. Um, I, that I, I didn't, I watched one season of that show and it got me so tense or maybe I stopped after episode two. Um, and then I watched that show by reading a wiki. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, probably the best way. There's one particular episode where, um, there's some great tactical stuff where there, uh, half of the, uh, or a, a portion of the, of the colonists are imprisoned on a planet and they, oh. It's a it's a, um, uh, a a mission to go get them, and tactically that was a pretty cool episode. Oh yeah, that's a fucking fantastic episode. Yes. Yeah. So Where the, much. Uh, sorry, go ahead. So much of that fucking show was so damn good, it makes me mad how bad the ending was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how could you fuck this up so bad? Ugh. Anyway. I was I was irritated to learn that the they have a plan part of the opening credits was just something that the opening credits team stuck in there and wasn't actually true. They have a plan. Oh. This this turned out to be a lie. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, guess uh, I have two other issues with that show. One was with all of the smoking. It was not necessary and it just didn't need to be in there. And the other thing was that Kareth Race was really uh, pretty much a Mary Sue, in my opinion. Yeah, that that whole thing didn't shake out too well either. But yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't remember the smoking. Well, it, I mean, a lot of them smoked cigars and stuff, which, of course, that came. Oh, back. yeah, she. Yeah. Okay. That, like even the doctor was smoking constantly. Well, like, yeah. Why I, does this need to be in there? It just doesn't. I saw that as a, uh, and I saw a discussion on it as it being um, obviously, you know, like humanity's fucked, you know, we're all fucked. So what's <laughs> what's the point in staying healthy, you know? Okay, so, well, that's true, but. So, you know, it was that kind of thing. Oh, okay. But, Where was uh, the tobacco coming from? Well, they just had it. That's it. Is well, I mean, they had you know ships that made stuff, but okay. it could have been just a finite supply. Once it was gone, it's it like was gone. Growing and processing tobacco is a filthy, oh, that's filthy a good point. job. And not even consider that part of it. That's like, that, yeah, that we're kind starving, of logistical but question. you know we're <laughs> <laughs> let's commit resources we're, to growing. We're full of nicotine. That was I mean, I, that was the part of um, Firefly that always threw me off too. What's that? Smoking? No, not the smoking specifically, but just the um, the idea that the resources that were committed to opening up the colony worlds that were the backdrop for the show um, mm-hmm. had been committed to doing that. <laughs> like, why did they put horses on generation ships? Oh, um, okay, I got you. Why? Right? Or, or. If they had to go to wherever they had to go and then terraform all of those planets because because Earth was dying and they had all that terraforming tech. Yeah. Earth is right there, guys. The 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 cosmology in that show was kind of hand waved a little bit. Yeah. And and after them making so much hay about it being a relatively hard sci fi show, I was just. <laughs> but um, no. making hay. 
and now, <laughs> see, and now I have uh, now I have the theme song uh, stuck in my head. Oh, you know what I've got stuck in my head is the A-Team theme song. That's a good earworm. Yeah. You hum that, you can kind of expunge anything, any other kind of earworm you might have in your brain. Yep. I've got a They Might Be Giant song that's good for that, too. Oh, all right. Uh, so you've been watching What is Weird? Weird. That is a movie. It's a biopic about Weird Al Yankovic. And it just oh, came of course. Out. Yes. And yes. Uh, it stars uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Shit. And it okay. is fantastic. That's I. This is on my list, actually. Um, oh, wow. are, is that out? Where? Yeah, where it came out on it? Friday on Roku, the Roku channel. Roku mm-hmm. channel is apparently making a bid for original programming. Um, I don't even know how to get that. Uh, I well, to look into it. Yeah, I mean it's it's native to my Roku OS television. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, and I have a Roku television too, but I don't know how to like get the. It'd be uh, it'd be like picking up any other channel like oh i want to start subscribing to disney plus or oh i want to subscribe to crackle um find it on the channel search app download and grab it it's in this realm on the love bag for sure i beg your pardon i'm just gonna say yes i everybody go (laughs) oh there we go um yeah so it was fantastic it was really just a lot of fun um there are a couple of there's a there's one particularly rough scene at the beginning um, where Weird Al's dad beats up an accordion salesman that uh, kind of crosses <laughs> crosses the line. Uh, it's not a very funny scene and it's not really played for laughs. Um, OK, so be up, be uh, be aware of that, I guess. Um, but the rest of it is just so over the top. Um that uh, you can't uh, that i couldn't help but enjoy just all of it mm-hmm. except for that one well scene. and so when it came when they were kind of hyping it i'm like well this is cool oh, yeah i'm interested in a weird owl movie but it's a parody of of the format of a yeah. Biopic film. yeah yeah okay. it's a it's a zero research show um uh al yankovic himself has um a small part in it um not as okay. himself um as a music executive and so that was that was a, a little bit of fun stunt casting hmm. mm-hmm. so is that did you uh see bohemian rhapsody where mike no Myers i played um uh, okay so he was a he was a record executive that said this this song bohemian rhapsody it'll never be a hit people uh. people will hate it <laughs> Which of course is a nod to Wayne's World, where where Wayne right. was, you know, jamming out to Bohemian Rhapsody. I've heard an interview with the guitarist from Queen from on Fresh Air, and he mentions okay, yep. that that appearance of that song in that movie uh, really did help not just the band but also helped um, the guy. Help me out here. Okay. Uh, who's but, the guy? Oh, Freddie, Mer- uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury was yeah. um, was in decline at that point, um, but he really oh, enjoyed okay. the, the fact that it got used. Ah. He really he really liked the way that it had been done. Uh, he saw that was a that was a good thing, <laughs> and that's a funny piece of stunt yeah. casting. I do want to see Bohemian. Well, Rhapsody. and it really it was a it was an homage to it was a homage to Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody too, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I've been watching, or actually, so my kid is a big fan of the animated show on Disney Plus called Owl House. Um, and I, so I've finally felt compelled to like, um, check the show out. So I watched the first episode and it's an animated show. And it's about this kid that this girl that doesn't fit in. And so her, uh, mother sends her to a summer camp. So, and the summer camp is like, it's something to the effect of, uh, how to conform. So, so oh she's she's basically being sent off to like learn how to be um how to be normal. <laughs> well, so right before she gets to get onto the bus to go to summer camp, she gets uh lured into this house by an owl and she goes it flips into a into a uh, another dimension where she meets a witch. And so it's it's kind of about um finding out who you are and um uh, being comfortable with who you are okay and so the main character luz is and that's l-u-z uh is hispanic and uh she's uh bisexual which i think that my child is kind of i don't know kind of exploring who she is she's 13 so i think every kid at that age is kind of trying to figure out who they are and where they fit in the world um so i, I i've seen the first episode um i'll probably keep watching it because you know my my child is interested in it so mm-hmm. you know i want to support my child um and if it you know if it helps her kind of decide who she is in the world i'm 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 a fan of that so right. the Owl House on uh, Disney Plus. So what uh, is, and so, sorry, uh, go ahead. Uh, what is the uh, age uh, range for that? Like, what kind of show is it? Like, is it for like it's, young kids or is it like you know? I would older call it probably seven, seven to thirteen, maybe. It's kind of the where it's aimed for. I mean, okay. she, my my daughter's thirteen. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Uh, the so the one of the characters is voiced by Wendy Malick. Oh, uh, so this is uh, animated. Was, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, and I forget the name of the witch. The witch is voiced by Wendy Malick, who, if you remember her from Just Shoot Me, um, kind of an acid-tongued, um, uh, salty character is kind of what she typically plays. Uh, so I don't know. It's I uh, there's two seasons of it out, and I've I've yet to learn that much more about it. But I've only seen one episode. Um, so she goes into this other dimension and decides that she's she's going to spend her summer not at the in the at the summer camp where she's supposed to conform, but living in this other dimension uh, with the witch. And so well, that sounds like house. what's that? Okay, <laughs> that sounds like the right decision. Hmm. Yeah. It's like fuck um, this. I'm not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not going to finish. Uh, the brochure from the camp says uh, something about think inside the box. And, <laughs> you know, that's kind of their tagline. Okay. Right. Um, and then uh, I'm 
so I've, I'm trying to wrap up Andor. So I'm to episode, I think I'm up to episode seven now. Um, it's really has picked up after he gets off planet and goes on the heist to Aldani. Um, and I liked that the, the one character, uh, in the the one heist that's kind of in the middle of the episode is one of the guys from the bear uh if anybody's seen the bear on netflix we've, we've mentioned it okay uh, yeah. yes um so yeah i'm i'm not have not finished Andor yet uh i presume that there's going to be another season maybe i've heard that it was committed for two seasons um on another okay. podcast that i listened to uh, they are very fond of this show. Okay, but okay. I uh, this is this is one of the ones that's got me thinking. Well, maybe we need to uh, pony up for Disney Plus. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's fuck, man. It's it's the fucking best uh, best Star Wars thing ever. I mean, The Mandalorian was fucking fantastic, but let's be honest, it was just Lone Wolf and Cub. But uh, <laughs> you know this. This is yeah. This is amazing. This is way way better than um, you know. And of course it should be because it came out of one of the best uh, Star Wars films, Rogue One. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I really like it. I like how just uh, they show you like how shitty the Empire is. You know, it's like you know they're just casually hanging people, shooting people. And, you know, oh, you jaywalked, you know, whatever the fuck you're headed yeah. right. That You got six years of prison, you know, all this stuff. It, yeah, it's they it really does make the empire into a fascist state. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I don't think any of the films certainly have done a very good job with that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you just see like, yeah, um, I got there's a scary guy in a black suit with a sword. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's not probably going to show up to your house and kill you probably not but the more and the sorry go ahead i was just gonna say like the the more likely scenario is like you get caught jaywalking or something and then sentenced to like you know six years in prison so Mm. yeah yeah the uh the character of luthan who is played by stellan skarsgård is kind of he's kind of andor's handler He's the he's a guy that got got Cassian kind of into the business, and the the kind of the tightrope that he walks, because like he's an operative, but he also kind of walks a very tight line, uh, dealing with senators and um, the uh, I guess kind of the functionaries of the empire, and so he's he's a dude that is um, really uh, has to be very careful, and I, I kind of enjoy. So Stellan Skarsgård is the dude from uh, the Thor movies, um, right? If you're, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, I like how how delicate he has to be about dealing with the casting andor side of his business and the. Uh, uh, the you know kind of the senate side of his business because we learned kind of in the middle of the of the series that he's also a, a, an antiquities dealer that deals with uh various high level people in the 
in the Empire. I so that's really Andor. I really like yeah, how sorry, like they just casually mention uh what's his name? You know, Palpatine, you know. Oh and yeah. It's like at this point it's like nobody really sees him. So yeah, I just I, I like that part. So So it's okay, so if we think about Star Wars as um science fantasy, like high fantasy, we have magic swords, we have, you know, spells and stuff like that. Andor is kind of like the low fantasy, um, gritty. We have to deal with having enough food for the day. We have to deal with is how's this operation going to go off? What's you know if things go sideways, how do we deal with that? Um, so yeah, that's I I'm becoming more enamored with it as I watch it. So Andor on Disney Plus. And I, I do agree. I think that it's probably one of the better. I would put it above uh, the book of Boba Fett. Um, oh yeah, that's easy. Is it on a is it on a level with the Mandalorian? Yeah, I mean I think so. I mean so so far okay. so far you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so on YouTube I've been watching a show called The Anti Chef, and so this is a dude I think he's from Canada. Um, and he is kind of a knucklehead, uh, but he has been taking his kind of his main channel is he's taking the joy of French cooking from uh, Julia Child. And he's just like, I just open the page and I find a recipe and I make it. And um, <laughs> to show to see him, uh, you know, try and succeed or try and fail horribly is pretty amusing. Um and so anti-chef on YouTube, I've been enjoying him. How long are these episodes? Uh, about 25 minutes. Okay. And he's he has another series where he's trying to cook a dish from every country. Uh, huh. So like I, his so his first episode, of course, he's from Canada. He made uh, oh how what's the name of the city? It's in uh, it's in British Columbia. Vancouver? It's uh, Nanaimo Bars, which is kind of a bar that has like a chocolate and coconut and nut base, and then a custard middle, and then a chocolate uh, covering, um, which sounded pretty intriguing. But anyway, anti-chef <laughs> on YouTube, I've been enjoying. Um, and then finally on Hulu, uh, a fellow at work told me about a, a documentary called God Forbid. Um, so God forbid is, uh, Adam McKay is the executive producer and Adam McKay is also the same guy that did, uh, don't look up and the big short and vice. Um, so God forbid is a documentary that is about, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. And hit the sex scandal around him. <laughs> and it is mostly narrated by the pool boy who was kind of the he was the third wheel in their relationship. And about how he was recruited to have sex with Becky Falwell. And um, was having a fun time of it until he decided he wanted to get out. And the. Um, People got wind of it, like Michael Cohen got wind of it, and tried to use it as leverage to um, basically have have 
have influence over Donald Trump. Um, so that's God forbid on Hulu. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, I've, I'm, I have not finished it yet. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. And it's, it, eventually it gets real kind of icky and cringe inducing. And it's not even about the sex. So that's, uh, God forbid. Okay. I, uh, not the only thing uh, I watched new was I watched um, the Justice Society with special guest star Black Adam. <laughs> so, and I, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. But of course, I'm a huge like uh, Hawkman Mark anyway. So you know, I was, I was gonna like it simply because he was there. Uh, but yeah. Which Hawkman is your favorite Hawkman? Um, I like, I, 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 I like the cop from, he's a cop from, uh, Thanagar. Right. That, and the wings weren't real, you know, they were just, you know, the anti-grav, whatever. Right, right. Metal. I liked that kind of run, but I kind of like them all. I mean, I get it. I get the, the reincarnation, the Hulk God, you know, all this different stuff, but yeah. I did not know like who the you know the not Ant Man who who was not Ant Man the this Atom Smasher or something. Oh. I was I was unfamiliar with him, uh, and then I was like, is that girl supposed to be Red Tornado? Is she Green Tornado? Um, I don't know, but huh. I didn't really I know that. who that was either. But but other than that, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a good story, you know, and uh, yeah, I I'm excited for Shazam too. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Shazam was a fun movie. I thought so. Yeah, I really liked it. And in fact, uh, <laughs> we were watching it. Uh, they it, there was a trailer for Shazam too right before Black Adam. So I was like, yeah, so I was like, oh, cool, awesome. That's good. Is that a Christmas release also? Was the first I, one a Christmas release? I think so. I feel like it's coming out soon, but not sure. But anyway. every, every time I hear Shazam, I think of Jim Neighbors. Well, yeah. Shazam! <laughs> hey, so I've been playing some games. Tell, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> Uh, so online, I've been playing uh, Teotihuacan City of Gods, which I've talked about before. Uh, this is a game by uh, – actually, I demoed it at Dice Tower Con. I played kind of a pre-release version of it. It's a game where you are building temples. There are – I think believe there's either six or eight different sites around the, the perimeter of the board. Um so, like, you can go to a place and you can quarry stone. You can go to a place and cut wood. You can go to a place and uh, build uh, sections in the temple. You can go to a place and uh, build up your technology. So it's, uh, I believe it's called a rondel, roundel. It's kind of the, the game mechanic wherein your workers are dice and they go around the board in a clockwise fashion. So if you activate a die... You can go up to three spaces around the board, and you can either um, collect uh, cocoa, which you use to pay your workers, or you can do the um, 
whatever space you're landing on. So like if I go to the uh, forest with a four, I can quarry or I can cut, um, let's say two wood. I'm kind of speaking in kind of general terms here. If I go to the to the forest with three workers, you know, I can, of course I can cut more wood. Then I can promote my dice because the, the dice started a one and every time you work them, they get a little bit more experience. So they roll up to a two or a three or four or five. Um, they never roll to a six because if they ever go to a six, then they have ascended and they've kind of fulfilled their purpose and uh, they reincarnate as a two. But you also get a bonus for them having ascended. Um, mm. So basically you're building the city and you're moving up in the temples uh, and you get various things for moving up in the temples. Um, I have this in cardboard. I got it uh, close to when it came out. Um, and I keep thinking that I want to play it in cardboard again, but what I found when I was playing it in a cardboard is that it's very fiddly or like you have to remember that like, well, when I do this, I move up here and that triggers a move up here and that sort of thing. Um, whereas when I play it on board game arena, which I've been playing, I'm in two games of it right now. Um, of course it, you know, it does it all on its own. Right. Um, but that's Teotihuacan City of Gods. And there is a uh, there's an expansion, which I don't really know anything about. Um, and if I, you know, if I get to kind of a regular playtime um, in cardboard, I may see about picking that up. But that's you, uh, Teotihuacan City of Gods. How do you win? Um, just your collecting you? points, essentially. OK. Yeah. So the uh, game end is um, if the temple gets built, if the pyramid gets like fully completed, or if um, so it plays over the course of three rounds. And so every time you do some particular, like if you build a, a house in this in the avenue of, I'm gonna forget my terminology here, but there's a spot where you go to that where you build a house, and it's a house for the dead then it advances the sun one one tick closer to the to the eclipse token so like you you play through the first eclipse and that triggers a scoring round and then you play through the second eclipse and that okay. triggers a second scoring round and then after the third eclipse then it's game end and you score and whoever has the most points wins it's a pretty crunchy uh, i guess you call it a worker placement game um yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty crunchy game, I think. Okay. So, thanks. You're welcome. And then uh, I'm 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 still playing D and D. I've been playing uh, well, trying to play every Wednesday. Um, wow. We are playing through the Ghost of Saltmarsh campaign. We have just. Uh, cleared almost the top level of a ship that's out in the water. Um, I'm having quite a bit of fun with it. Um, What's your... The, sorry, what, go ahead. What is your character? So, so I have a... I've never played a face character before. All right, it's been a while since I've played a face character, so I kind of wanted to push myself a little bit and play a face character. So I have a cleric... Um, that is, uh, I, I 
my caroliker is, is Brother Tomas de Cruz, uh, and he is a cleric of Pelor from kind of the, he's essentially from, from fantasy Spain. Um, he's new to the area, and uh, his goal really, I decided that kind of his, his long-term goal is to become uh, kind of a fantasy televangelist, is what he's aiming for. <laughs> so, so when you so say I'm, face, I'm kind of goofing around with it. What's when that? You say, when you say face, you mean con man? Yes. Well, okay. the kind of the 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 guy that talks a lot. Oh, okay. So, in a way, yeah, it's kind of the kind of the A-team analog. Sure. Yeah, sure. he's 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 the face that way. Okay. Um, Not like in the professional wrestling way. We've got right, heels no, and faces. No. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking of. I was like, okay, we've been playing a heel, so all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, a face character as in high charisma. Sure, sure, um, sure. Which, I mean, there's another character that's uh, what a, a dragonborn paladin is a pretty high charisma, too. Um, so okay. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm mightily amused by it. I'm... It's been quite a while since I've been in a kind of a regular uh, tabletop uh, role-playing scenario. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying it for sure. Shannon, you should come uh, come join us. I I believe I would enjoy the experience. Um, I believe I would I would suffer the drive, especially uh, yeah. on a weeknight. Um, but, uh, it is, it is fun to play on a table with you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Be still my heart. <laughs> well, it, so it, just, you're, just you're, for the you're record, very generous Shannon at the are, table. What's that? You're generous at the table with, uh, players like me who, um, have a, have a difficult time finding our, uh, character class in the book. Oh, well, thank you very much. So just uh, Shannon and I are about a 35 minute drive apart. Yeah, that's about right. Something like that. Yeah. Adam, what you up to? What? Oh, wait. No, I'm going to yeah, talk about yeah. some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so online, I've been playing Terra Mystica, which is, um, gosh, how to explain that? It's not Catan. It's, um, I mean, it's kind of a 4X game in a way where you're kind of uh, trying to expand your territory across the across the board. Um, it plays over five rounds. Each round, there's something that will give you bonus points, and you're trying to get the most points. Um, I do enjoy Terra Mystica. In fact, I'm involved in two games of Terra Mystica right now. Um, on Board Game Arena. And then on Tabletop, just, um, I don't know, an hour and a half ago, we got done playing a game called Gargoyles Awakening, which, of course, is not, we're not talking about the Robin Williams movie. Uh, do you guys remember the Disney cartoon from the, I guess it was the 90s? Yeah, that's, that's immediately yeah. what I thought of. Me too. I'm not really yeah. aware of the movie. What, what about the movie? I'm not aware of the movie. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so Gargoyles, 
I was I was more goofing on the Awakenings part of it. Oh, oh yeah, that movie I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gargoyles is a, it's a skirmish game. It's kind of a family skirmish game. It's a co-op game. Uh, there's several scenarios in the in the box. We only played the first one. Um, and so what I like about it is that uh, each character has so it's it's a 3D board and it's gridded off so it's a it's square grid um, and so the the cardboard buildings have different heights to them and so if you're standing on a building you have a move speed and you also have a glide speed and the I don't know the rules were a little bit vague about how the glide versus the move works but kind of what we decided was that if you are on a level higher than where you want to go or at the same level as where you want to go then you can use the glide movement um, if you're on the ground or you want to go up you have to use the move movement um, but you it's so it's it's kind of scenario based and the first scenario was kill this guy kill the other guy and make sure that there's one and the other th mechanic i liked about it was the the character of coldstone was either a villain or an ally so based on which side of the token they were on they were either friendly to you or hostile to you um and there's things you could do to make them flip um so that was one of the scenarios was it like kill the two bad guys and make the make the the one guy friendly to you um so it's like i say it's a it's a skirmish game where you it's uh the movement is just like you have like the character i had had four actions and i could move either four or five if i glided um, you move around the board and you, uh, you know, you beat up on the bad guys. So that's <laughs> right. Gargoyle's Awakening. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a family level skirmish. Um, and then, uh, Champions, Champions of Midgard, I've played quite a few times. It's a Viking based worker placement. Where you're, uh, you know, you go to the shipyard, you build a ship out of so much wood and gold, and then you take the ship and you go out and, and you know, fight the, fight the the Lindworm, um, and amass, you know, glory for that. So, that's the, Champions of Midgard. The Lindworm. Yes. What, what is one that? Of the, one of the monsters. Oh, okay. uh, it's kind of a dragon. It's like an ice dragon so, or something. It's a worm, right? No. Yes. Yeah. With a with an I, with a Y, where worm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, Champions of Midgard. What's your up to, Adam? Um, Star Wars Legion fired back up in my area. Like I told you guys, <laughs> I told. I, look, it's so weird. Didn't like, you just sell everything? Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> I still. I would. I okay. That's another thing. at moving is. I am absolutely trimming down factions, but for Legion, I'm keeping my, I would always keep my rebels, but uh, I think I'm going to keep my empire, but I'm getting rid of the uh, separatists. 
So that'll I'm gathering that up to head off to eBay. I, you know, I told you guys that uh, the Game of Thrones uh, Song of Ice and Fire picked up for whatever reason. And um, a lot of it is because of the, you know, the new show. Well, apparently Andor has been driving, say, um, you know, this this to come back. So, OK, yeah. So, yay. And um, that's that's it. It's it's coming back. People had decided fuck gaming cancer and they're just going to play it anyway. Maybe, you know, I guess they see him occupied with other games. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. GC is still around there, right? Yes. Okay. I, I literally, dude, he's in, he's in the store every fucking time it's open. Every time. Every single time the door's right. open. He's yep. there. And, uh, yeah, and I guess it's so hard to talk about, like, you know, what to do with all that and everything. But um, so, I mean, it's going forward. And I think their first, their debut was last Thursday. And I had to actually work, uh, but I'm going to plan on going uh, this Thursday. I'm excited. You know, there's a, they changed some things. Uh, they've got all these new factions. I like, I picked up the IG. 88 figure mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. actually a box set with 88 and the one from uh the mandalorian so oh they're different figures yes uh, really like okay. ig 11 and ig 88 and i just uh, presumed it was the same figure with different cards uh it's supposedly it's two so you can run like one as uh rebels and run one as um empire so okay, I, okay, you may be right, Roy. I would be totally disappointed if I open up that box and now I want to go in there and do it. Open it up and, and there's like, one figure and be mad. I'm like, I paid <laughs> how much for this shit? Get mad. <laughs> Which so, I mean, okay. I would, honestly, I would say looking at the, they're getting a little out of hand with their pricing. They are knocking Games Workshop level uh, <laughs> pricing, and it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, okay, I get. At least with Games Workshop, you could argue that the artwork on the on the box is out of this world, and you could argue that the figure you're pulling out of it is incredibly well done when put together. But you can't just throw two half-ass uh, sprues of IG88 in a box and just be like, "That'll be thirty dollars, sir." No, because we're we're not doing. Well, it. no. Games Workshop, you'd be paying seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, that's this is where we're getting. They're like, wait, we can just keep charging whatever we want, and they'll still buy it. Okay. Because <laughs> what what else are they gonna do? Not play Star Wars? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But but I, yeah, wow. I, I, look, and with the YouTube Studio, I really am going to start making people come over here to play, and we record it. We stream it as we're doing it, and then we edit it into a battle report. This is this is really, really what I want to do. And in moving, that's another thing in moving, I found all this shit I have bought over the years that I wanted to do something with, like uh, produce content. Like I have, uh, I found two uh, starter decks for the Austin Powers CCG. 
<laughs> what the hell? Yes. I had no idea this was a thing. I paid a dollar a piece for them at uh at a convention several years ago. And so yeah, I want to sit down with a friend and let's play let's fight each other in the Austin Powers CCG. <laughs> another thing, Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh another interesting thing, uh you guys are familiar with uh Rifts, the RPG. Yes. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, apparently, many, many, many years ago, there was a Rifts CCG, and I picked up uh, like a couple of starters for it and an actual like huge ass box of unopened boosters for it. So that's again, I want to sit down with somebody. We film this, you know, as we open it up, we talk about it, and yeah. So anyway. That is kind of what, yeah, I've been doing. So what have you been doing, uh, Shannon? Oh, I introduced my younger two children to a role-playing game called The Vanilla Game, which is a very rules-light, 18-page, probably slots into the OSR in terms of um, a game that rewards... uh, playing as opposed to rewarding pulling the levers on the rules to make things happen like uh, i want to let's try this okay well let's say that's going to be a roll against that um and see what happens kind of thing and we only really got as far as character generation uh, but they had a good time with that and then they turned the index card over and started drawing their characters on them so Sometime in this next week, we'll we'll start some kind of little dungeon crawl for them to fight goblins and find gold. Um, but they seem to they seem to enjoy it and they like the idea. And my daughter was all, "I want a bow and arrow." <laughs> said, Great, put down bow and arrow. Write that down on your sheet. <laughs> what kind of armor do you want? Well, let's see. I think if we're gonna, we probably want to be able to be kind of sneaky. So maybe some. Well, let's put on medium armor. Okay, we'll put on medium armor. Put that down on your character sheet. So uh, it's very, um, let's try this and see what happens kind of an approach to things. I had uh, hoped to play a game of dungeon with them, but we went out and walked around in the woods today instead. (laughs) Um, Well, that works. Did you see anything interesting? uh, It was a pretty pretty, uh, leaves are on the ground kind of thing. So there were some kayakers in the river and... uh, a bunch of people walking around and uh, a couple of strangers oh. walking their dogs, but no. I know exactly where you went. Yep, I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so but no, no creatures in these woods. Not even deer that we saw. There must be deer in there somewhere, but not on the path we were on. Have you tried geocaching before? No, I never have. Do I'm you know aware the of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I've got some that kind of turns that. turns walking in the woods to a treasure hunt. Yeah, that's a that's a thought. I hadn't hadn't thought about that in a in a year or okay. so, but mm-hmm. uh, they they are now old enough that that might be a thing that we should try. Cool. All right. It's something I have meant to get into, like way back in the day. You know, uh, back when you actually needed a. Uh, a GPS to do it. I mean, nowadays it's pretty much you just yeah use your phone. I think there's like a geocaching app 
you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, it's it's a thing but yeah I, I always wanted to do it and um have not done it so. well there's there's still a planet uh, around you so the geo <laughs> the geo parts available yeah that is yeah that is true this there's gps thing going on and uh yeah whole thing all right. Uh, gosh, are we already down to time for a uh, sponsor? Yeah, our sponsor is Alta Vista, and uh, it's Mike is over there. Got a discount code of COG twenty nineteen. It's Alta spelled Vista. Yeah. Alta Vista. Altered, yes. <laughs> Alter dementia. It's not all. You can't search for alter. Dementia. You can't search for alter dementia on Alta Vista. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah I saw the ALT and my mind immediately went to do that. You know that was like the search engine I use. Like in 1998. Yeah, it it was like all this time it was like here's all your options. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even re- remember Google. I remember Yahoo and I remember uh, Alta Vista and like Ask Jeeves. I think that was yep. another one. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just weird that they, they spot. Anyway, well, he, he, I was just saying, Mike is paying you $1,000 for this spot. So you ought to. That's uh, $1,000 per second. That's why I'm stretching yeah. it out. <laughs> so uh, Mike prints stuff for you. Uh, he can print anything you've got an STL file for, or he's got his own uh, licenses with Hero Forge and whatnot. So check him out. You can see the link in the show notes, and remember the discount code is COG2019. So, the um, increasingly distant uh, discount code. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's going to roll over again soon. I'm excited. Really, right. really excited. So, uh, what is this thing going on here? This is Lorca. Oh, Lor- Lorcana. Lorcana. Uh, Disney Lorcana is a. So it is a CCG that's coming from Disney. Um, we don't know that much about it, although my wife is is kind of a Disney fanatic, and so when I you know sent her a link to it, she said like, "This is everything I want." Um, so we don't really know that much about it, although there's some promo cards have come out at Disney 23 earlier this year. Um, but it is a CCG that is based around Disney properties, animated properties. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. I did hear about this uh, because, all right, uh, if you go to, like, the parks and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Disneyland and Disney World a lot, they had their own little sort of CCG there in the park. Yep. Uh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. We have several of those cards, too. Right. But they killed, they discontinued that, which, in my opinion, that was so stupid. It was really fun and just something different to do around the park. And honestly, you kind of felt like you were, at least to me, I felt like I was, uh, you know, in on a secret that no one else, you know, knew. Because I knew to go to, like, to the fire station and go, like, hey, you know, yeah. can, I have, can I have some cards? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. What's, you know, and, you know, and I just thought that was so neat, you know, uh, and you go around to the little spots and cast your spells and and whatnot. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I started to be annoyed that like, ah, there's all these damn little kids in the way. And then I was like, wait, this this is a game for children. 
you're, you're the guy you're you're the one in the way of it so um yeah and uh but yeah they just continued that so i knew this was coming so um yeah. i don't know how similar it will be and of course there's always the opportunity for you know uh exclusive cards and whatnot at, at parks well, i guess if they're gonna do that or i don't know so i want to speak to that a little bit because i found a an interview that says that they interviewed the designer who is uh, also involved with villainous so disney Lacana is put out gonna be put out by ravensburger which also puts out the villainous games um what is that dude's name oh Anyway, he uh, so he's involved with Villainous, and he said that um, we're going to do our best to prioritize players over collectors, which means that in the gameplay, all the cards of this of whatever title are going to be the same, but like you may be able to get promos of like uh, you know hollows or foils or whatever, different finishes, different alternate artwork. But the the game there's not going to be con exclusives um, mm. available. So if you want to if you want to play it, you know every Mickey Mouse is going to be the same. The the you know the artwork may be different. If you feel the need to have the exclusive, then you know that's on you. Um, so but I don't know how do I balance that against an ebay listing where the set uh what is it of seven sold for 14 almost fifteen thousand dollars the set of this this new one yes so this the the kind of the promo set came out at d23 this year and it sold for fourteen thousand eight hundred eighty eight dollars and then this asshole has the audacity to charge sixteen dollars or seventeen dollars shipping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> remember we we've argued about that a lot about like no 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 if I'm paying this much for the Kickstarter or whatever it is you better damn well hand deliver that shit. Oh yeah. To me. Yeah. And a blowjob to boot. <laughs> I just I I don't know I, this kind of gets me enraged I guess. So it says Disney Lorcana D23 exclusive promo first edition full set of seven cards for f- almost fifteen thousand dollars. I just yeah, this really sets my teeth on edge. But anyway, so uh, Lorcana is coming out in uh, well, it says fall of 2023 is I think is when the release date is. So wow. once this comes out, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up. Not well, for fifteen grand. I, I mean, <laughs> on, on, honestly, you know, in in thinking about it, is I really there? There's no reason for them not to jump into the the CCG game because I mean, it is in my opinion, it is not exactly a uh, a crowded market. It's you know, of course, magic. So of course, don't even talk mm-hmm. about magic. You know, talk about anything other than magic. You can yeah, it would Pokemon. Be, yeah, it'd be Pokemon would be number one, and then 
everything else is kind of a distant third. You've got um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is uh, mm-hmm. super popular. And you've got, you know, there's a lot of weird uh, Japanese, you know, ones like uh, Weiss Schwartz or, or whatever. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the other one that's the thing but anyway it's it's yeah it's there's no reason for a bigger company not to jump in you're not going to you know uh outdo magic but you're you're gonna make money because i mean come on it's yeah. just it's fucking cardboard you know like i can't imagine it costs hardly <laughs> <Yeah>. any <laughs> anything to print and you just you turn around and yeah yeah it's so uh, anyway but uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how it plays, you know, and yeah. But. And so hopefully it'll be out before, you know, September next year. I would prefer that. At Disney, if you're listening, just go ahead and send that review copy on. We'll, we will absolutely <laughs> not, absolutely not put it immediately on eBay without even opening it. But um, yeah. So anyway. So uh, then the other thing that's been on my radar, this is at my local game store, is uh, Firefly Misbehaven is a deck building game, which there's been quite a few Firefly games. Um, it's a beloved property, which we've talked about, you know, earlier in the show. Um, so this is uh, Firefly Misbehaven. You play it's, it plays up to four players. You play you can either play the Brown Coast or the Alliance or the Niska, the Mobsters or I'm not sure what the fourth faction is. Um, yeah, so it's kind of your standard deck builder, but it has a uh, Firefly overlay to it. This is a sort of thing that I'd buy. I haven't yet, but I'm thinking about it. Hmm. And it is a RPG? No, it's a CC, it's CC. a CCG. Oh well, it's a, what's a, uh, what? An LCG. Well, what does L stand for? No, uh, living card game. Yeah, living card game. So no, it's uh, it's more like um, like legendary or um, Dominion, a constructible okay. card game, a constructible deck game. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is like one of them. Uh, I have been wanting to do. I because there's an electronic version of it. Um, and I think I have it on my Switch, is the... Oh, damn it, Hearthstone? Ah, no, 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 no. It's called... Um, Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings card game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's an LCG. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway, so... Uh-huh. All right, what else have we got here? Oh, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Continuing our theme of uh lcgs fantasy flight was like disney announced what we got to get on that so there is the star of course that was ccg this is an lcg the star wars deck building game and can somebody like not correct me if i'm wrong but i thought there already was a star wars lcg no Uh, no 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 no. it was damn it it was that Destiny is what I'm thinking of. Sorry, it, that was a CCG with stupid dice, and yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, so, deck building, kind of in my opinion, 
is that it's like all the cards that you need to play the game are in the box. Right. And there's no there's no like releases that come out. And I mean there may be expansions, but there's not any you know, they won't release card packs or anything. Oh so deck builder is is so you start out with a standard deck of it's probably anywhere from ten to twelve cards. You know, depending on whether you draw six cards to begin with or five cards to begin with. And then you use those cards to buy other cards that will either give you more buying power or more attack power. Hmm. Uh, or both. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I I had no idea they. I always thought there would be some kind of expansion, even if it is a deck builder. Like I think of like Dominion, you know. Yes. That, that's a deck builder, but they came out with tons of expansions for that. Yeah, I think there's probably more than twenty now these days of, of Dominion expansions. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded. I don't believe that it will just be this seems like they'll be oh no here's the bounty hunter expansion and you gotta go <laughs> yeah. to tatooine and hoth and yeah i don't know but could be wrong but uh yeah it's it i figured this was coming and of course um they you know uh fantasy flight which is owned by asmoday wait which got sold all that shit gets so damn confusing as to who actually has it but regardless, Fantasy Flight still has the rights to the uh, Star Wars uh, IP, so they're going to keep cranking this stuff out. To me, it's always funny. Like You can tell when a company's about to lose the uh, the license, they just really start cranking stuff out. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to squeeze all the blood out of that turnip we can. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on to news, uh, War Games Atlantic has partnered with Zombie Smith to do um, Plastic Core. And if you are a long-term listener of the show, uh, you know I love the core and own a bunch in 28 millimeter. And uh, I backed the recent uh, 15 millimeter uh, Kickstarter and the new rules. I just always dig it. They're these weird little anteater like little schmooze yeah anteater turkey guys it has a really rich lore i love it's it's kind of like weird war world one weird war weird world war one sort of they have these weird tractor tanks and stuff so i just dig it and uh you know i'm excited to get it in plastic i do not have high opinion though about War Games Atlantic. I think, mo- I mean, usually their sculpts are crappy. And, but of course, you know, uh, what's his name? Zombie Smith is doing these anyway, so the, the sculpts should be fine. I'm very curious to see about production and how it looks. But anyway. So uh, the next thing we had was Warlord Games is doing a November Madness sale. And normally, I la- I always laugh at these because nine times out of ten, it's uh, the company is selling like, oh, we're going to do, we're discounting a big 10% off or whatever off their MSRP when you could go over to, say, Miniature Market or Amazon and get it for 30 to 40% off MSRP. But with Warlord, uh, they sell a lot of kits that are only direct order only. And so this gives you a chance to get those. And one of the things I popped over here to look at was like, hey, 
I need some stuff. Uh, I need some tankettes for my uh, my Polish early war army. Now these were not on sale, but it just just reminded me they're direct only and to get them. But I popped over and saw that they had in it their entire they had a platoon of uh, Polish cavalry at half off. So I jumped on that. And I think I bought like one other thing, but yeah, it was worth it to me. It's, so some of it is well, well better than 15% off. So there you go. And the next thing we have, we continue on with these uh, new sales because I've got two things here that will go back to back. Privateer Press has announced a new faction for War Machine. If you remember, they basically ended their world and like killed off some factions and all this stuff and they're basically just throwing everything all the babies out with the bad water and uh are starting over and so they have a new faction for this new uh uh version of war machine coming and this is the Kalis empire of the eternal dusk uh so undead for sure yeah. of some sort which is good because the previous undead was cricks and they were they died in their in the end of the world event war machine debuted 20 years ago yeah man I, it, yeah and it once again another thing that popped up out of the blue like four guys all right there's just been this small cult of war machine players over one town over at at this other shop and uh, <laughs> they would never leave the other shop because I think like one one of them was like dating the daughter of the guy that owned the shop or something. Whatever reason, they would never leave that store over there. Well, COVID killed that store over there. So now they've all shown up at my FLGS and they gave away, they had a whole bunch of demos. They gave away armies and all this stuff to get War Machine off the ground. No, and then like the very next day is when Privature Press announced that, Ooh. They, yeah, they were killing it. Which I mean, honestly, it, it did not deter any of us that were interested in it. They're like, well, that's great. You know, if everybody's starting over, us new players are in a good position. So you know, we're we're going forward, and I think that's going to be later this year uh, when it launches or something. Yeah. I mean, I've I've always liked uh, it. I, that's just a, that's another one where I have to watch myself, or I'll buy too many damn factions. So uh, all that to say, they are currently running a Black Friday sale themselves, and their main thing is they are selling, uh, giving us a chance. They're cleaning out their warehouse. Let's get rid of all this shit. You know, we did sell for the world we just ended, so a lot of it is clearanced out. And then um, they also are giving us uh, chances to like buy convention exclusives and some uh, other stuff like that. So just hop over to privaturepress.com and check it out. You know, for the longest time, they, I mean, they may be now. I'm not sure. Like if you thought like who is the biggest miniature gaming company in the United States, like who would that be? I would immediately. Is it Privateer Press? 
I, I would think so. I honestly don't know. But there's also Weird Games, the company that makes Malifaux. Uh, they're in mm-hmm. Georgia. And uh, they're over there. And I don't know. I don't know who's big. Who's, you know, who's bigger? You know, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, just interesting. I And maybe it's not e- maybe it's not either one of those. Maybe it's somebody else I didn't think of or something. But, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, people are, well, yeah. people going to continue to use these deprecated factions? Is this like an additions war where people just keep playing with what they got? And well, okay. Ignore, or, or is it like impossible? Like okay. it's a Betamax and you just can't. Okay, Shannon. All right. Having gone through this many, many times with many, many systems of my life, let me tell you immediately what happens when the announcement hits. On one side, you get the people that are like, what the hell? No, I'm not playing that. I'm going to play this edition to the day I die. It's like the five stages of grief. Yes. Bargaining. Yep. And Shannon, yeah, Shannon, that is always a lie. Those people always, (laughs) always come around and play the new edition. They always do. They just, they suddenly see more people playing it than have ever played it before. So, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll play it, you know. And then you get the ones that are like, what? This is coming out, and I'm never playing. You know, I'm getting rid of all my stuff. I'm never playing it again. Again, this is also a lie. This is also a lie. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the ones that it's say, no, uh, yeah, I'm going to play third edition only, <laughs> or I'm never playing again. No, always a lie. Always. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. So basically what they're going to do is they they're going to update points and rules and stuff for these faction these dead factions. And they said, "Oh, you can play them in like unlimited, you know, the unlimited edition or whatever the fuck, I don't know. Uh whatever it's called. And other than that new war machine will be with all these other factions. Some of the factions survives. You know, some of the countries survive. And but this is going to be like, I don't know, it, there'll be a time jump, you know, like 20 years later or, or something. And yeah. So, you you know, your favorite guy, you know, maybe he died. Maybe he's there. Maybe he has just like one arm or something now. Who knows? <laughs> so you got to saw off little little guy arm. Yeah, okay. uh, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But <laughs> it's all that. All right. All right. But anyway. On the uh, RPG side, there are in fact people who who commit to an edition and, and don't. Uh, yeah, I know people are still playing second edition D and D. I you know exclusively I, yeah. I yeah. argue that 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 is kind of like it's easier to do that way. You know, it's um because you could you know uh, yeah like you said you've got all these books you know you've got people. I mean, I what to me is like, why in the world would you go to third edition D and D? You know, what what's the point? You know, what a, what are no they? Thaco. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Thaco. Um, yeah. Well, it, it, it it's like um, it's like uh, walking into a room and closing a door, I guess. Um, if if you're if you're that committed to to an addition um, or like a like a tontine, right? Everybody eventually dies off, and you inherit all their books. 
and then you've got nobody left mm-hmm. to play with. And that's why you move on to the next edition is because that's where you can find more new people. Everybody to play else with. has moved on. Yeah. And that's, that's my, um, I look at uh, the, uh, the six edition one D and D transition that's being undertaken right now. And I've got you know, half a dozen five E books and uh, you know, I've never been super mm-hmm. committed to five E um, emotionally and pretty committed financially. And I look at that and I think, gosh, you know, uh, who am I going to play with? Who am I going to play with if I if I if I don't move on? What uh, what am I going to be left with? I know, like, well, I mean, it's it's all going to come down to, you know, who you know, who do you have to play with and stuff. Right, so. right. And and that's actually the larger question for me. I've got Roy, and Roy is an hour away. Because, like all, all all the people I play with, it's it's all OSR. That's all I know. It's like I've never fucking played Fifth Edition. All I know is OSR. I've been for several years now. You know, it's been usually Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have jumped in. I have bought all kinds of zines and you know all this other stuff. And yeah, I've gotten right. like way into it. And now I think you know, like I need to get where I'm actually running some stuff. Like uh, I have an opportunity coming up. Uh, because my um, I don't know. It's like the the guy running it or whatever is going to take a break or something. So I think I'm going to hop up and run Mouse Ritter. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm very interested in that. I picked up a couple of uh, the box sets for it. And, um, yeah, I want to try that. And, of course, I bought heavily into, um, what do you call it, Uh, Castles and Crusades. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to run that. It's very OSR adjacent. It's not quite. I don't know. I think it technically is OSR, but I think it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not like some OSR gatekeeper or whatever. Gate, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty much as long as it's not fifth edition. Yeah, it's OSR seems to be. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Some angry person is listening to their podcast now. But uh, it's I don't know. It's I'm. I've got a bunch of that, and again, like I said, Chan, I got all these mega dungeons. Oh yeah, I'm still having to decide if I need to order that thing. It popped up today. I think it's got le- it's got about 24 hours to go. The the one we talked about uh, last week about whether or not. Uh, the oh backup. the yeah the um yeah that one yeah. <laughs> the, yeah we almost made it a whole episode without talking about Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so close. <laughs> well we didn't really talk about it we just talked about you know observe that that's where it's going on mm-hmm. uh, yeah i defined uh, i recently defined osr as knowing how long your torch is burning and other torch adjacent uh <laughs> outcomes um, so is osr kind of like a um advanced squad leader role-playing no, it's a it's it's old school Renaissance or old right. school revival. Um, nobody can even identify you really know, what R want... stands for. Um, but it's basically. I just want to talk about. Looking sorry, at, go ahead. Uh, sorry. It's basically looking at um, older D and D editions, usually um, BX, Beck Me, and 
first or maybe second even edition AD&D mm -hmm. and smoothing out those rule sets uh, for contemporary players who want to play a more um, rough and ready style of play where resource management is, uh, mm -hmm. is, is more crucial to the game experience. So you say rough and ready. So what I'm playing in right now, um, I chafe a little bit at the, you know, make a roll to find the secret door. Okay, you got a 17, so you find the secret, the catch for the secret door. Yeah. I much prefer the notion of I'm going to like poke around and like if there's a ledge there, I'm going to like feel around on the ledge there and maybe look for a stone that's not quite right the the same color or i tap on it with my dagger and it sounds weird or anything i make a roll i prefer the i i like the notion of uh, i really want to interact with my world more yeah and make um, a roll as opposed to just make a roll and my character finds it there so is that a, what is that kinda. osr Kind of. Yeah, there's a okay. there's there's a there's a frequent distinction made between OS play and contemporary or modern styles of play where um, you do uh, you as a player describe what your character is doing to try to achieve a result. And then uh, the the dungeon master, the referee um, is in charge of the world and can decide, well, you know, you've gone through and you've you've said what your character is going to do so they're going to find the thing or they'll say oh your your character said what you're going to do and then they'll call for a role versus this contemporary style where uh, the players are reading their character sheets and, and announcing what they're going to roll to do um, and so that distinction okay. between the gm um playing the world and and calling for the roles uh versus that um the 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 player playing the game playing the video game kind of okay. experience i don't want to i don't want to uh -huh. hammer too hard on that but but that kind of distinction between um playing the character sheet versus playing the description okay and i know that there's a host of different uh osr rule sets out there oh heavens yeah of which um, uh you know dungeon call classics is Yep, the big one. Best known? Uh, it, probably. I think. Uh, well, yeah, but probably the most uh, popular one comes from uh, Necrotic Gnome, and it's called um, Old School it, Essentials. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a yeah, big I've one. I've never heard of that before. That's I gotta I gotta do my homework, I guess. The other the other podcast I listen to uh, as faithfully as I listen to this one. Um, is an I OS, only ever listened to this one. Is an OSR-focused um, uh, podcast um, like in, in terms of the content that they're going to discuss. Uh, the frame through which they discuss it is um, well, different. Well, call them out. Yeah, oh, what, what is it? It's, uh, it's called Wobblies and Wizards. Oh, and it's yeah, a, yeah, okay. it's a daily uh the host is uh his twitter handle is logar the barbarian uh okay. logar hail Krom is his actual handle um and 
and it's Wobblies because he's a Wobbly. He's he's in the uh, IWW, and so oh, okay. that uh, that perspective informs how he approached. That was what first that. got you got you interested, right? Yeah, to be honest, um, okay. the right. the implication of the lefty winginess of that. <laughs> what is, uh, what, is, what okay. is the IWW? International Workers of the World. Oh, okay. Um, it's uh, one of the, whew, uh, they, they, uh, they've got a lot it's of. It's kind of a quasi-socialist it's, union, isn't it? Yeah, uh, a lot of um, okay. resource extraction uh, uh, workers in the IWW. And so uh, miners and lumber people um, and a lot of real world stuff here. Yeah, this is real world stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of hardcore um taking the bullets kinds of things in the IWW uh, history. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, so that there's that frame and then uh, Logar's personality is just um, really hmm. pleasant. He's very, he's very open. He's very welcoming. He's very encouraging. He's very interested in all the things that, uh, that come across uh, his Purview, and uh, he gives a good interview, and it's a it's a pleasant show, and it's uh, 15 minutes a day, and a half an hour on the weekends. Well, and I okay, so I'm I'm going to promote you. I seem to recall that you are going to be or were a, a guest on this particular podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he gave me an interview slot. Um, we recorded uh, about a week ago as you and I are talking, and okay. that'll that'll release maybe late this month, maybe early next month because he's. He gets pretty far ahead. Well, as we get closer to the release date, you know, uh, talk it up. I will. So anyway, that's the OSR. I think Uh, this brings us about to the end here, uh, I think, as we've gone. And uh, yeah, oh, wait, somebody has Sandman 2's coming? Yep, that's it. That's the the news. uh, There's no date, um, but it was announced a couple of days ago. Uh, And I thought, oh, that's nice. Um, that should be an interesting season um, because the storyline as it uh, has proceeded uh, as they're following the comic book, they're up to uh, a storyline called Season of Mists. And that's one that really kicks off pretty much the main plot that drives the whole rest of the comic book series. So uh, everybody should watch it so that we can get the rest of the 78 episodes. Hmm. Yeah, we, cool. we can All only right. hope. Um, yeah, and I love how, like, you know, Neil himself, as he goes by on Twitter, is, like, all of, all over it. Like, when people try to shit on it or talk about it, you know, whatever. He's like, nope, you're wrong. Yeah. How do I know? Because I wrote the fucking thing. <laughs> yep. all, that, all that stuff you're crabbing about, that was all back there. It was all in there. That's, like, one of my favorite subreddits is something like, don't you know who I am? Or, or something like that. It's people <laughs> that don't realize who they're talking to. You know, about things. Yeah, it's always fun to watch. Like, no, I really believe, uh, you know, Sandman was about this, you know, this, that, and the other. But he's like, no, that's that's not it. How do you know? Um, Well, I wrote it. So. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. All right. So good show uh hopefully uh we'll yeah if i have a youtube well, we have we're chance of gaming on youtube pay attention to that as um hopefully things will start popping up and also you can see uh patreon i think it's at chance of gaming and uh yeah i'm looking forward to cranking out content 
Well, hey, and if you want to uh, get in touch with me, I'm at Roy Toy Cowboy on Twitter. Uh, and our former co-host, Rich, um, runs a website called stlwargamers.com. You can hit him up there. And, and Shannon has a Twitter. And I have a Twitter. He, and he's, he's got, well, he's got much more than that even. Yeah. Uh, your best bet is to find me on Twitter, check my bio and follow the link from there. Shannon McMaster. Cool. Sounds cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll see you next time. Good night. Hey, good night. We'll talk to you later.